Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports with you every week here on the show. Joining me back on the podcast for the first time in about two weeks, it was last week, it was Chris, did a great job, and now we're back to the sports editor for the Columbia Daily Tribune, Kevin Greeler. How are you, sir? Doing all right. Glad to be back on. How was your pilgrimage away from the podcast land? You know, I, I'm sure you were itching to get back on. Every- you know what? I, I'm ready. So we, we we ought to just get this going here. Where do you think we should start? I mean, nothing has happened at all. No, nothing, nothing. much. Um, I mean, there's, yeah. there's kind of a lack of storylines right now for the Mizzou football team. And it's not the storyline that everyone thinks we're talking about. Nothing new with the NCAA. I mean, I think if you're a betting man. If it was by the end of October or the field, I take the end of October that you would know by. But this is not the news we're talking about. We're talking about Saturday uh, going forward, Mizzou with a dominant 42 to 10 win over Troy. Coming out of that game, you thought Kelly Bryant might miss some time. Went down with a really nasty tackle uh, with a left knee sprain, but he is slated to play uh, Saturday against Ole Miss. He rated himself at 90 percent at practice on Tuesday, but. It looks like Kill Garrett is done for the year. An awkward tackle kind of took him uh, to a, with a uh, with with a pectoral tendon injury, and he had surgery on Tuesday. Looks like he is going to be out for the year. It's usually like a it depends on the damage, but usually a three to four month recovery for that type of injury. So he is now done for the year. His Buckus Award kind of winning season done after five games. Uh, Barry kind of told us that you know maybe a medical redshirt is something they might be interested in, but you know, it's yet to be seen whether Mizzou would want to pursue that to the NCAA hoops or whether the Garrett family would even want that or Garrett wants to just go play pro ball now that he's a college graduate and all. Thoughts, Kevin, about Kel Garrett going down? I mean, the, the the news over the weekend was kind of like the ultimate good news, bad news for Mizzou. Everybody's so fixated on Kelly Bryant, and that is the injury that really got lots of the attention post-game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when uh, the athletic department confirmed to us Sunday night uh, the injury report out of out of the game, we, we all we expected to be looking just for for Kelly. And there's there's Kale, and I mean, I, I don't know about you, but for me, there's just kind of like this this uh, this like gut punch um just just knowing how uh good of a guy he is how much he has put in how much he means to this team um certainly uh you know everybody uh coaches and players alike are going to say next man up and and Cameron Wilkins now stepping into uh that starting linebacker spot where where Garrett had been he he certainly uh has the trust of his teammates yeah but 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 there's 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 no great way to fill in for a senior leader who was well on his way to what many think and when, when, what, what we both think, uh, I think we can agree, uh, may have been an All-American season. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just uh, even at this point in the season, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to see. His numbers were kind of unrivaled in college football at the linebacker position with three defensive touchdowns, three sacks, 43 tackles, like seven tackles for loss, just video game Ray Lewis type numbers just for him. I guess we're going college, uh, most dominant college linebacker of my time. Um, 
maybe EJ Henderson from Maryland. I can't. I'm trying to think who was the guy a couple seasons ago. Not Joey Bosa, but the right before him, uh, Laurenitis from Ohio State. Trying to think of a more dominant linebacker in college football over the past. Uh, there's got to be somebody I'm just completely bl- oh Lavar Arrington got to be a guy uh, from Penn State but, but he's in that topic yeah but he's on. in that topic with those types of numbers that he was having this season um, and now it looks like it's over I mean pe- uh, a few Mizzou athletes they told us that they saw him training and running on the treadmill trying to get the rest of his body in shape uh, before surgery and, not you know, surprised one bit in good sp- yeah in in good spirits and uh, we talked to Cameron Wilkins he'll be our uh, Sunday centerpiece, sorry, Saturday centerpiece for Tiger Extra this week. Uh, I talked to his high school coach, Charles Burton, earlier today. Uh, and he, seen, he seems, obviously, he's very high on uh, Cam. But one thing that I hadn't heard is like that, you know, Cam played three positions in high school, played a little bit of wide receiver and running back on offense in addition to his middle linebacker spot. Uh, and I really did think Cam had a really good camp. Um, and it's kind of pointless being the starter, uh, the backup behind Kill Garrett when Kill Garrett's going to play 100% of snaps. And then you see a guy like Nick Bolton, who's kind of your second most important position, is having an absolute breakout, an absolutely phenomenal year thus far. Uh, but now Cam Wilkins, it looks like for the next seven games, is going to play an integral role in this defense after not starting a collegiate game thus far this season. I think he's only played maybe in one game and that was in the SEMO game maybe he played Troy so two uh, and that's it so maybe uh, and I hate to correct myself again but maybe it actually was three um, West Virginia at the end SEMO second half and then second half at Troy so definitely his first collegiate start and seeing where it goes from there uh, you know it's 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 interesting because with the news and the, and the way it kind of went about is that Kilgarrett had Two defense, uh, a defensive touchdown on Saturday against Troy, and two interceptions, pretty much with his injury. Yeah, after the fact, after suffering that injury, uh, I mean that that blows me away. You know, he took the the first one uh, back. I think it was twenty six yards to the one yard line, almost punched it in. We're like, man, that, that you know that could have been his third week in a row getting a, a defensive touchdown. <laughs> The very next drive, he returns 133 yards all the way to the house. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even just uh, looking at him at that point in time, now that, now that you kind of watch the replays, you could see that there were some moments in that first half, even though he was playing through it, that he was in discomfort. Uh, from our spot up in the press box, we just saw him making some dynamite plays. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it, it, it seems like he didn't even he didn't even share uh, his injury much of anybody until halftime. Maybe he didn't realize how serious it was with with the adrenaline, certainly. But uh, wow, yeah, that's impressive to think about. Yeah, that, that and that's what some teammates and some uh, coaches kind of told us is uh, the story. The story of Kale, kind of in a nutshell, is what happened Saturday. So if he goes out in the first quarter and makes an awkward tackle, no one really knows he's hurt, and then it's like. I've got an idea now that I'm in so much pain. Let's make two interceptions. Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, but then once he got to halftime, kind of realized he kind of couldn't move his arm, kinda, well, not his arm, his pet. Kind of just kind of couldn't. Mobility was really limited. And uh, they told us Saturday after the game because we requested to talk to Kale to talk to him to, about his two interceptions. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he was my, just my entire uh, column in the Sunday edition was was yeah. on Kale Garrett. Yeah. And at that point, we we were aware of nothing of of this injury. Just I think it, it was um, it was surprising to us that he wasn't at the post game availability. Yeah, uh, but the the official explanation was that he was he was getting treatment in quote in quotes getting treatment which could mean about a hundred different things 
Yeah, maybe he was just yeah, he was had family. At that point, we weren't we weren't aware uh, of, of the yeah. extent of, of any injury. We didn't even have an injury on our minds. Uh, but it's interesting now, thinking back to when Barry Odom uh, was was doing his press conference after the win Saturday night. He uh, he was a little bit subdued when asked about Kale, um, saying he's the heart and soul of our team. Yeah, and at. at you know, you you have a guy who who made two interceptions. He's had three de- defensive touchdowns, and you know, in in that many games, uh, no doubt. But now thinking back on those words, heart and soul, especially at that point, I'm sure Barry was at least a little uh, bit aware, mindful yeah. of of the potential severity. Though I, I don't, we don't know exactly when it was it was um, confirmed by doctors to be you know this potentially season ending deal. Um, but there's just like an extra layer to the weight of those words, heart and soul. Because now, Mizzou is without that. Without their heart and soul on defense, yeah. Um, and, and, and the interesting dichotomy for me was that we were so fixated on Kelly Bryant's injury, and we asked, must have asked everybody on the team, like, what does losing your QB1 do? And like, they gave us so many good quotes about what it's like to lose a guy like Kelly Bryant, and they thought for maybe a couple weeks. We talked to Taylor Powell, we talked... Jonathan Dance, Kelly's roommate. We talked to Isir Durant, Jordan Elliott, Nick Bolton, a ton of different guys about, well, what does losing Kelly do for you guys? And they all kind of told us the all, you know, different thoughts about how it's just the next man up mentality. Now it turns out that you can apply all of those things, not to Kelly, because Kelly looks like he's going to play, to uh, Cameron Wilkins and, you know, a guy that went from probably not seeing much action this year to and I mentioned this I mentioned this a little while ago and it's true now really is an integral part of this defense you gotta yeah. think Ole Miss is gonna go after him as as opposed to avoiding Kale Garrett you gotta think that now it's it, a lot of between the between the uh, tackle runs are happening a lot of short tight end type passes you know that's gonna that's gonna be what Ole Miss is gonna try and do you would think and really it's gonna be vital for the other 10 members of that defense out on the field at any given time with Wilkins yeah, uh, you're, you're looking, and you, you talk about you know you, you you need 11 11s to be out there to have a solid defense. Well, 10 11s are the exact same as the defense that has ranked second in total yards allowed uh, per game this season, mm-hmm. it, and that's in the nation. You insert Wilkins for Garrett. That's, that's going to be a change. That's going to be a that's gonna, that's a huge loss with Garrett. It's a huge opportunity for Wilkins, but you still got those ten guys who who Wilkins is going to have to be able to to lean on, and and to really make sure that that he's not exposed in, in his first collegiate start. Yeah, exposed is actually a really good word, and this game is going to going to I think expose him one way or another. It's not an easy test with Ole Miss starting off. Ole Miss is going to look here. You know they've already won two conference games. Yes, it's Vanderbilt and Arkansas, and their one losses to Alabama. So this is kind of their. They really haven't been uh, been too defined yet. I don't think in their conference season. That's what I was going to say. It's kind of their SEC proving ground game in a sense. That this is it. And who can they prove their game against? A guy who hasn't started a college game so far, as opposed to a secondary who has looked pretty dominant thus far, a defensive line that's led to giving up 37 rush yards in the last four games. And then you have two sophomores at running uh, at linebacker. One who's played really well is kind of now maybe the new heart and soul of the defense in Nick Bolton. And then you have Cameron Wilkins. So I, I'm not exactly sure how Missouri will look def- different on defense, but you got to think that this is thro- literally throwing Cam Wilkins into the fire. 
All right. Well, uh, before we talk a little bit more about Kelly and a couple other things, let's uh, hear from our podcast sponsors at the Mizzou Sports Podcast. like to thank our sponsors for the Mizzou Sports Podcast. University of Missouri Healthcare. University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of MU Athletics. Blue Events. Let Blue create your perfect event. Their passion for food, service, and presentation ensures that you will have a seamless and memorable event, no matter the size. They will work with you to bring your vision to life. Phyllis Nichols, State Farm Insurance. There when things go wrong, here to help life go right. And now back to our podcast. And thank you once again to our sponsors of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. We are back. Kevin and Eric here talking Mizzou football ahead of their game against Ole Miss this Saturday night. Homecoming for Mizzou. Uh, game is 6 p.m. Central Time kickoff uh, on ESPN2. So a nationally televised game for Mizzou makes it even more important. Last time they played on a non-SEC network was a lost. Uh, but, you know, actually, no, that's a complete lie because they played on ESPN uh, week two against West Virginia. Last time they, yeah, so last time they didn't play was actually a win. I, I thought it was Wyoming, but uh, no, it actually was West Virginia because uh, South Carolina, SEMO, and Troy were all on the SEC network. Uh, yeah, so let me throw it to Kevin here. When Kelly Bryant went down, what was your first thought, and how surprised are you that he rates himself at 90% right now? The way that his left knee buckled on that play, you know, it, it struck me, it was a six-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Knox out to the right side. As Mizzou players are celebrating in the end zone, there's just almost like this hush that came across the stadium. As I think in lots of ways, first, the crowd of 50-some thousand, and then those teammates in the end zone all kind of shift their glance to Kelly, who's still on the ground, noticeably in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the, the original gut feeling that I had was there would be far worse than how it turned out. Uh, I, I would not have been surprised if it were an ACL injury that, that put him out the rest of the year. As far as that, that original reaction, yeah, or something that at least maybe we wouldn't see him for another couple of weeks or, or a month. That, yeah, that was more of my thought was probably out for Ole Miss, maybe coming back for Vanderbilt, definitely by Kentucky. That was my original thought, maybe two, three weeks. I didn't think it was an ACL, but just because of the way it was hit, the way he was grabbing at it, I just I didn't think it was an ACL because if it's a, it's one of those things, that if it's an ACL injury, you know. It's a, that's just one of those things, and he wasn't in that. I think it's something, of, too, that when, when he was able to walk off the field, after uh, maybe th- three minutes, we, we, didn't, we weren't counting. Yeah, it was a couple, uh, yeah. I, it, it, was, it was hard to even keep track at that point because there's such, a, such a, a moment in that stadium of just, of just kind of uh, shock. Mm. Um, he was able to walk out to, back to the sideline under his own power. I think at that point in time, granted, you, 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 could, you could do that. And, and still have it be something very severe. But it was a very encouraging sign at that point. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And, and, you know, it just, from watching him at practice on Tuesday, he looked fine. And, you know, uh, he'll be playing with the brace for the first time in his life on Saturday against Ole Miss just to stabilize the pain. Uh, it was kind of an interesting story because I think Kelly thought the worst 
the exact quote I think I used in uh, Wednesday's Tribune was something along the lines of, you know, he heard a pop, and but you don't want your mind to go to the worst, so he just said a little prayer kind of while on the ground at Faroe, but then once he got his senses kind of back about him and the athletic training staff kind of checked him out, it was like, okay, I'm actually not, you know, going to have to rehab this and miss the combine and all like that. Kind of the things that Kel Garrett is now going to have to go through. But, you know, Kelly is looks to be, even Kelly at 90% or whatever is still a dynamic player. It just, it's going to be interesting to see if how Ole Miss is going to try and test him. Are they going to blitz him and see? Are they going to just throw a different defensive package at him because they know they he might have to use his arm more than usual. It's just going to be an interesting thing to see, but at least Missouri has not lost their best player on both sides of the ball, or most dynamic player on both sides of the ball, uh, ahead of the Ole Miss game. It looks like it's just one. Um, it, it, it just it was it was interesting to hear the response for both from their teammates on both of them too. It's like it just looked like it was kind of just a, a, a huge reactionary type week at Mizzou football practice. Just. If the conversation wasn't about Kale, it was kind of about Bryant. If it wasn't about Bryant, it was kind of about Kale. You know, just very little true Ole Miss talk throughout, even throughout Odin's presser. I think the first, after his opening statement, which was about two and a half minutes, the next five or six questions were all about Kale. Then, after maybe one Ole Miss question, we got a couple about Bryant. Just it's that type of week where it just not since SEC media days have I seen such a fixation on one topic. When you talked about Kelly Bryant kind of being the quarterback there, this is it was it just just there was such a fixation this week on wow this is this just dominated the headlines from Mizzou in a way that I didn't expect to see again until the NCAA appeal got dropped. Uh, but yeah, that's just it, it was it was really interesting to see. And now you have those people like. Uh, a Cameron Wilkins, like a Taylor Powell, who have more of a spotlight on them. You have, you know, which players are going to step up on the defense that maybe haven't had that flash of a season so far to replace Kale Garrett. Is Kelly Bryant going to look as flashy as he usually does? Just looks like there's a little bit more up in the air this week than have been maybe since the West Virginia game from Mizzou. And Mizzou's won four games since the last time there was a little bit more in flux like there is now. That's just college football in a nutshell for you. It just things can turn so quickly. I mean, I think Mizzou looked really good. I don't think there's any doubt. Mizzou enters the next three games as a touchdown favorite, uh, at least with Kale Garrett. Now it's like, well, if one thing goes wrong, it can lead to another. And Mizzou's definitely still good enough to make a bowl, probably still good enough to win eight games. But the loss of Kale Garrett, I don't think that they, if they could have pinpointed one player to avoid losing. At this point in the season, I think they would have chosen Kale Garrett. I genuinely think that over to, Kelly Bryant, to not, to over not have Alberto. lost. Yeah, as, as the number one player that you would not want to lose. Genuinely, I think that that player would have been Kale Garrett. Um, not saying that Cameron Wilkins or anybody on the defense can't pick up that slack. There's so many things that Kale brings to the table uh, that you just can't teach. I mean, and I think that that's also a credit to Taylor Powell. The little bit we've seen from him, it wouldn't be a huge step down in terms of quality. You lose the speed, you lose the elusiveness, and the out-of-pocket stuff that Kelly can do. But in the pocket, kind of this, they both have similar arm strength. Taylor and Kelly did, so I don't think it was going to devastate this team if he was playing quarterback. Kelly, uh, sorry, Kale just brings so much to the table that is just infectious and it, it, it you know it's such an intimate setting in a football locker room so when he is so universally liked and everybody took it kind of heart when they saw what happened to, to kale that says more than anything they could actually say in interviews it's just their actions itself and i think that that'll be a, a an interesting thing to see on saturday is 
how much of that spirit kind of continues now that he's not there. And all of these storylines really are are dominating over the fact that this is a Mizzou team that after losing week one in Wyoming, a game where it's like, my gosh, if you don't win that, who are you going to beat? In terms of an an SEC play especially. Well, now now we've got a, a Tigers team that is four and one win on Saturday five and one having swept potentially this five game homestand uh, and then going on the road for for the next while really because uh, this homecoming game Saturday night is is the last home game until November 16th I think correct. it is correct November 16th against Florida yeah uh, but, but a team on the this, this, Mizzou on the verge of the top 25 really so many things going the right direction and then it's just like this 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 gut punch I think with with Kale Garrett but like this this good news bad news like I said at first of at first the the concern was Kelly Bryant he's okay but then kind of I mean in terms of of those on the outside who who aren't in that locker room or maybe even in the locker room like the the last thing we were thinking about Saturday was Kale Garrett and then now he's he's very well maybe out for the season um so the question is, you know, how, how are the Tigers going to respond? And that starts Saturday against Ole Miss, uh, where with with the win, uh, they'll be five and one, and they should be five and one, and therefore they should be six and one because uh, Vanderbilt got their butt kicked by uh, Ole Miss last week, thirty-one-six uh, at home. So yeah, that that is one thing. And then uh, one more entry I don't want to be remiss without without talking about is Rashad Floyd. Uh, came out of Saturday's game and looked like a hamstring injury. Probably won't play against Ole Miss. It'll be Jonathan Johnson returning the kicks. Uh, and that's an interesting thing because he hasn't had that much of an impact season yet that we all kind of expected him to have. Maybe this lights a fire under him that he's going to play a couple more snaps now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Kevin, kind of going into this game, what's your feel? Does Missouri kind of come up with this win against Ole Miss? What's your, what's your final take kind of going into uh, Saturday's game? You know, I, I think there have been a fair amount of distractions, um, whether Odom would admit it or not. Uh, there, there's maybe uh, an extra dose of emotion, um, particularly negative with, with losing Kale Garrett, but also the, you know, the, for the offense, you know, not being sure, to, are we going to have our, our QB1? Um, I do think Mizzou has enough to pull it out. Um, I, I do think, and uh, we, we, we're going we're gonna to note this, I think, in our game day section as well. Got to plug uh, it every chance you get. Got to plug it. That, uh, that we're probably in store for the largest crowd at, at Faroe so far this year. It's, oh, I, no I, I don't doubt. think there's much no doubt. doubt. It's a primetime conference game. Um, you know, there, there, there were only 50,000, and I say only because uh, it was a season low. Um, that is about half of what Tuscaloosa got last week. So fair th- enough. This past weekend, yeah. But I, I, I do think there's going to be that momentum of, of it being homecoming. Of you know, you're, you're hosting Ole Miss. It's, it's a good week to play at home. Um, not that it's ever a good week to have you know your your star defensive leader go down, but it, it's it is good that they are at home. And I think playing at home that's going to give them just just that maybe extra edge. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put it at uh, at, at Mizzou running away with it. I would think. Maybe in that in that win, win by a touchdown to ten points range, and that's where the Vegas spread is, is at eleven points right now. So yeah, uh, check out our. Uh, we'll, we'll take some time to plug kind of here at the end of the podcast. Uh, my story from Mizzou camp yesterday to being uh, Wednesday the ninth came out in today's paper. My column on Kale Garrett came out on Tuesday. The breaking news story from Sunday night also appeared in Tuesday's paper. That was late Sunday night. That it was it came late out. late Sunday night that news came out. 
Uh, we got our Tiger Extra section uh, centerpiece on Cam Wilkins' uh, story coming out, and uh, you know, five questions, you know, key matchups on the beat, and that'll be our next episode of the Mizzou Sports Podcast with the Clarion Ledger's Nick Sauce. I talked to him yesterday as well. So yeah, a, a whole lot coming your way, and, and we have a volleyball match tonight, and we can get into that uh, a little bit more on Friday about everything that's happened. But yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up for this episode. So uh, Kevin, why don't you give us the outro, and we'll talk to you on Friday. For the Mizzou Sports Podcast. Until next time.